Ladies and gentlemen, oh, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast, your favorite sports podcast where two and sometimes three sports lovers sit and give their hot takes. Off the Dome. I am Tommy Tanks. I am Dylan Cruz. I'm Clown Car Slash, your favorite get back coach. <laughs> and we will be steering this ship tonight. In case you can't tell, we are dressed up for spoopy season. Good old Halloween. Boys, how we doing? What a time to be alive. Oh, some would say. It's beautiful. It's Thank all you, beautiful. Car. Thank you, Clown Car. We appreciate your insight. Yeah. All right. Got a hell of a weekend brewing. We do. Um, but first, we got to talk about previous weekend. Do we? Yes, yeah, we do. we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, before we get started, obviously, follow us on the X off the underscore dome pod. That's how you keep up with all of our updates. Um, we're trying to stay active on there. We'll always post a live link. We'll always post, you know, when we're going live. Uh, it is Tuesdays at 7, but in case you forget, we'll pop up on your on your feed and saying, hey, it's time to go. Keep those notifications on. So oh, you, yeah. You don't miss a show. Of course. Of course. Follow us off the underscore dome pod. Follow at B in the know. K-N-E-A-U-X. The only way to spell it. The boys at the know. Uh, so much content popping off over there with the Pelicans starting up. Um, got a lot of content going through there. LSU's and in, in some prime time right now, which we, of course we'll get into. Saints coming off a big win. I mean, it's a good time to be a Louisiana sports fan. So, um, really excited about what we've got going on the No Network, and really excited about what's going on at OTD. Without further ado, normally we start off with uh, you know the team we're all repping right now, the yeah, purple and gold. Yeah. However, but they were on a bye week, yeah. so why don't we start with the team that did play, and we talk about the. New Orleans Saints. Woo. Hey, big win for the boys in black and gold, huh? Definitely. Big win for the boys in black and gold. Took home a win in Indianapolis, ended up beating the Colts. Um, we were down 17-7 to in the first half, but in the second half, we kind of just, we ran away with it. Um, it was a, it was by far our best game yet out of our offense, 511 total yards. Uh, defense didn't have their best game, but, you know, when Taysom Hill scoring two touchdowns and Kamara's your best receiver and... Michael Thomas, you know, played really, really well, played through sickness. I mean, everything seemed to be clicking um, pretty much for that Saints offense. So what's the takeaways out of this game, boys? Uh, yeah, like you said, um, big explosion out of our offense this week. Uh, really great to see that them start clicking. Uh, started to see a lot a lot of different play calls being drawn up, a lot of different movement out of the receivers, out of the backfield, stuff like that, which led to some pretty, um, pretty explosive drives. Uh, throughout the games, especially in the second half. Um, but on the other side of the ball, unfortunately, our defense did take a, a pretty significant step back as um, you know a lot of people thought going into this week that the Saints defense was going to kind of control Indy, especially with you know all the injuries, all the things going on, um, having to split reps between the running backs. Uh, Gardner Minshew had a great game. Shout out hey. to that mustache, which is now not a mustache. You know me. Kind of upset about that. But, you know me. Um, all in all, you know, got the win. Felt good. And it, it feels pretty good moving forward to see. Now we can finally see what this team's capable of. Yeah. We've seen the defense hold a shutout against Bill Belichick. We've seen the offense explode this week against, you know, a pretty good defense when you look at it. Definitely got some talent, for sure. And um, so I think it's a really good thing going forward, looking on to – the next few weeks towards the the middle of this season. Got a positive outlook going forward. Yeah. Changed my mind completely. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to highlight two players, one on offense, one on defense, and then say a little something negative about the offense, even though it's our best uh, best offensive week so far. have anything nice. No. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So, defensively, uh, Paulson Adebo looked amazing. He did. Might have been his best game to date. Might have been his best game to date. We've seen Alante Taylor play insane. We've seen Marshawn Lattimore play insane. And so Absolutely. we were just we're we're looking for all three of them to have a great game all at the same time. And that's whenever we pitch another shutout. Um, offensively, <laughs> excuse you. Offensively, uh, tanking, you know what I mean. Rashid Jaheed, crazy stat yeah. of Randy three Moss receptions. I don't know if you like, saw that picture. They photoshopped Shahid's face <laughs> yeah. on 
three catches, 153 and a touchdown. Yeah. So that was awesome to see just the Shahid balls, like the deep balls to Shahid actually Pause. working. Young high But guys. um, my negative takeaway from the offense is I know we have some injuries on our left side of the offensive line. The whole and, side of the offensive line. Yeah, on the whole <laughs> offensive line, and it's – we're still questioning why they benched uh, Penning. But the only note that I have in my phone from this game is the left side of the offensive line looks soft. Somehow they they held up, but just poor technique. You Like, we've been hounding Chris Olave for playing uninspired. That was some pretty uninspired plays from Andrews Pete. Um, we've and, been seeing that for like four years now. Oh, yeah. And Garcia looks a little lost. Not a shocker for somebody who hasn't played in big games yet. But uh, all in all, best offensive game so far. Defense looked okay, not great, but okay. And finally a bright spot that we're looking forward to next week. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, Offensive line, obviously not great. Uh, I think they are probably the weakest point on our offense right now. Um, I think this was the... I mean, it's hard to say a coming out game for a 10-year vet, but this felt like the coming out game for Derek Carr where he finally yeah, like finally had some comfort in the system. And what I think it was for me, it's not even like the bomb to Rashid that made me feel that way. It was more of like the quick out routes. You know, Alave did get involved this week. I was hounding on him last week. He still didn't have a great game. He was he went 5 for 46, yeah. I think. He was 1-1 one, one late turnaround away from having yeah. an exceptional game because I mean, he probably would have housed that. Hit him right in the visor. Yeah, he just um, If he, he catches that ball, it's an easy catch and run into the end zone because he had a beautiful double move. Um, I've been like kind of saying he's been running routes uninspired. He ran routes well this week. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going back on my take because I think he still was not playing his best. Um, but he did come out of the funk a little bit and hope yeah. he continues to improve upon that and get back to what we saw last year. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Kenner Police little fire under his ass. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe the Kenner Police are the reason Chris Olave got better. Which and? whatever the whatever the reason is, I'm I'm happy for it. But um, yeah, Michael Thomas had his most receiving yards to date this season. Uh, like we said about Rasheed catching the bombs, like Derek Carr looked like he was finally comfortable enough in the offense. Um, to where he could connect with his receivers on any kind of route, it wasn't just um, it wasn't just out routes. It wasn't just verticals. It was it was all over the field. Um, thanks, mom. Tell tell when I said hello. I do look silly. Um, but yeah, I think I think Carr finally had his best game in black and gold. Uh, Kamara was playing really well. Um, and then, you know, like Reese said, Paulson Adebo, absolute great game out of Paulson Adebo. Um, he was making. Pl- I listened to most of it on the radio because I was driving, but from what I could hear, he was all over the field, breaking up passes. Pretty sure he got a pick. Um, he did. So, so really good game. Um, and he had a f- on that on that interception. Sorry to interrupt you. No, Tommy. you're good. Go go. Um, but on that interception, he um, he actually picked it off on like the two yard line, but his momentum carried him into the end zone, and he was smart enough to you know do everything he could to get back out of that yeah. end zone. Well, that that has hurt us. This season, yeah. Uh, so glad, glad that didn't happen again. Um, but yeah, Indy, Indy's offense has actually been really, really good this season with Shane Steichen. Um, I think they've hit the over of their game like seven out of their eight games or something. Um, like they've they've been scoring points. We know that the Browns' defense is one of the best defenses in the league, and they scored like thirty nine on them two weeks ago. Um, so for our defense to come out there and you know keep them under what we needed to keep them under in order for us Correct. to win the game. Um, very impressive by our defense. Um, so I'm really excited about what we saw out of the Saints team. And it's not like the game coming up is too difficult either. Uh, we have the Chicago Bears uh, on Sunday. So um, what are we looking forward to against Chicago? What do, what do we think is going to happen there, boys? Looking forward to keeping the ball rolling against a questionable Chicago defense. Uh, do we know if Tyson Bajan will be starting. Yeah, Fields yes. is uh, again out. So Fields hand. is out again. Defense should look good. Uh, Unless we get an arm wrestling match. Is oh, he yeah, him? His dad. His dad no, was Tyson a 28 time yeah. arm wrestling world champion. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to uh, 
Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah, triple overtime rules, arm wrestle. Did I throw you off track? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about Chicago's offense. Oh, no, I was talking about Chicago's defense. Oh, okay. Um, they just traded for Sweat, right? Yes. yes. Traded for Montez Sweat today from the Commanders, second-round pick. Do we think that, that he's going to play? I would assume. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Because for me, I would assume so because he's an edge rusher. Um, like, I understand you're going to need to know some schemes and some stunts. Um, understand, you know, what different packages you have out there, what you may be doing, where you might line up. But I think Montez Sweat is kind of like a throw him in at five tech and let him go type guy. Yeah. Um, so it should be fine. But other than him, I th- this is like one of the most questionable front sevens. Um, Edmonds has not been playing very well since he moved to the Bears. And so I'd be shocked if we didn't have another repeat of the same offensive game that we seen we saw this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um <clears throat> I definitely don't think that you should just especially in the NFL you should ever overlook an opponent. Um never kind of play down to their level. Always try and, you know, if you had a win, repeat that, you know. Keep the momentum. Don't ever underestimate an opponent in the NFL cuz we've seen it before, we'll see it again. Anybody can win any given Sunday. Um, but with that being said, uh, defense uh, is a little questionable for Chicago. They've been a little banged up this season. Um, but Adam Montez Sweat probably would be a, you know, it's going to be a good thing for him. He's probably going to get after Derek Carr a few times, uh, especially if he's coming off the left side. Um, but their their secondary is, has kind of been their focal point of their defense this season. They've definitely thrown some teams off balance and kept some games close, kept Chicago in some of these games. Uh, but their offense has kind of been lackluster. A lot of injuries. Like they're down to their fourth running back now at Donta Foreman. They're down to backup quarterback, not Nathan Peterman, as it shouldn't be. <clears throat> but he's next up. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as um, as long as our defense can stop Donta Foreman from doing what he did two weeks ago, we should be okay. Yeah. Um. One more point about the Bears secondary, just because you mentioned him. Uh, Jaquan Brisker did miss last week, who's a fantastic second-year player. Um, so we don't know his health. If he's out, uh, you know, you never want anybody to be injured, but yeah. it, it would look better for that Saints offense if Brisker's not in the game. Um, Jalen uh, Johnson, who's their corner, he had requested a trade um, yesterday, and they, you know, the team gave him permission to seek a trade and didn't ended up working out, so he will be back with the team. So they've got a, another good young secondary player, Jalen Johnson. I was uh, I was actually going to point that out, but another thing. Um, their other safety, Eddie Jackson, still has not played a game yet this season who's been known to break up some passes deep down the field, break up some plays. Yeah. He's once again questionable. Cool. Pro bowler, right? Eddie, Eddie Jackson? Jackson? Yes. Yeah. Got to be. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely have talent in their secondary. It's whether or not they'll stay healthy enough and be in the game. Yeah, but pretty um, banged up team, kind of similar yeah. to – the Saints last season. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like we've been talking about, the Saints offense, it, it feels like they found something. Um, and as long as we can keep that going, I think we'll be all right. I, I think for us, the main thing is play with tempo and play with confidence. Um, it feels at sometimes the Saints offense can get very mundane and just repeat, repeat, repeat. And once you keep doing that, they just get mad at each other. Um, instead of, you know, yelling at each other on the sideline or trying to cause problems between each other, just be like, hey, we got this. We're cool. We know what we can do. Like, they know they have the talent to do it. It's, yeah. what, it's getting it done that's been the problem. And that's what I think makes it so frustrating for the players. Yeah, They absolutely. know that they have all this upside, all this promise, but it's just something wasn't clicking for the longest, and I think they finally unlocked that last week. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. So we'll go ahead and we'll do score predictions, as we, as we like to do. Uh, for me, I mean, the Bears are just – they're, they're not a great football team. The Saints aren't necessarily a great football team, but they're a team that's moving forward. Correct. Um, so I'm going to take I'm gonna take us to win the game, of course. So I'll go Saints 31, Bears Don't say it. 16. Oh, he didn't say it. Very close to saying it. This man does it to me every time. I, w- I was going to say 31-17. I was going to say 32-13. You go, and I'll come up with a different one. Well, Yugoslavia. You just heard me. I'm going 32-13 Saints. I think that the offense is 
going to keep the ball rolling and the defense won't have much of a problem with a questionable, well, a fourth string running back and a backup quarterback, if we're being honest, because we know what, our, what the Saints defense can do, spot number 13 in case we get, get a little awkward field position or something like that. So, yeah. Don't doubt Dante. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to back up these guys here. What they said, I agree with completely. Um, I'm going to go with also a Saints win. But since Tommy and DC3 think so much alike, I'll change mine. I'll say 41-20. Wow. 41-20. Offense kinda, keeps it rolling. Kind of love that. So, obviously, we all have the Saints winning big, which is a hope and a dream, but I think this week we can make it come true. If we played like we did against the Colts, I think we can do it. Um, let's go real quick through the NFL in general, uh, just because today was the trade deadline, yeah. and I know Soundman's talking about it in the chat. Um, so, we can go through each trade and kind of just give quick thoughts about each one, maybe which one was our favorite, which one we think doesn't work out so well. Um, so, the first one... Um, we'll mention is the one Soundman dropped in. Uh, Niners got Chase Young. Uh, I think it was the third round pick coming from the Niners to the Commanders who get uh, who send Chase Young, uh, former second overall pick, right behind Joe Burrow, um, to the already stacked Forty ers defense. Yeah. Um, you saw what LA did. What was that? I think that was beginning of that was last off season, acquiring Khalil Mack to pair with Bosa. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of an, another move to get another stud and put him on the opposite side of a Bosa bro. The only thing that I really have to say about this is can Chase Young stay healthy? Yeah, that's we been haven't his question. seen it yet. That's been his question for three years. When he's on the field, he is unbelievable. He is in the backfield 90% of the time when he's on the field. The problem is keeping him on the field. If he can stay on the field, stay healthy for the rest of the season – the 49ers defense was already legit, and I think this could take it a step further. I just think if you're going to compete for a championship, uh, pass rush specialist like like Jamar, ah, Chase Jamar Young, Chase. like pass Chase Young specialist. is going to uh, like benefit no matter what, no matter if he plays every down or if he's healthy for just fifty percent of the time. I think that it's a good move by the Niners. I mean, all of us would. Trade a third round pick for the number two overall pick. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just like Soundman said, sixty percent of the time it works every time. Precisely. There it is. There it is. Quote. Uh, so, and, and then we'll um, quote Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. We'll move uh, chronologically from there. Um, so Leonard Williams from the Giants to the Seahawks for a second and a fifth. Leonard Williams is a very, very good interior defensive lineman that I think is really going to help out that Seahawks defense. Big cat. One of the best, some would say. Um, Contavious Street, former Saint, mm-hmm. uh, from the Eagles to the Falcons. Um, with Grady Jarrett tearing his ACL, they needed some some depth there in order to cover his spot, so they went with Contavious uh, Street, former NFC South player. Uh, I don't think that one's too, too big. No. Uh, we covered Montez Sweat. We covered Chase Young. One of the most interesting ones I found, Josh Dobbs. Got traded to the Minnesota Vikings to cover for Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins tearing his Achilles. So they announced two days ago, Cardinals did, um, that Clayton Toon would be starting this upcoming week in preparation for Kyler Murray to come back. Um, so Josh Dobbs was going to hit the bench, and I think they did that in preparation for trading him um, because his value's at an all time high. Right. Although the Cardinals are technically the worst team by record, um, Josh Dobbs has played great. Yeah. I don't think he's been the problem at all. He's and they've put up decent amount of points. Week in and week out, so um, they beat you know, Dallas, so I'm happy. Yeah, and it's kind of been their defense that's been the problem. It hasn't really been the really, offense. Yeah. The offense has scored a decent amount of points. So Josh Dobbs going to Minnesota. Do you think this keeps Minnesota in the playoff picture? Um, the way Josh Dobbs was playing, I do. You know, normally, like you say something like that, any other season, it's kind of like you know you, you just kind of brush it off, but with Cousins being out for the rest of the season with Dobbs performing the way he has so far this season I think that 
I personally, I do think the Vikings' offense is better than the Cardinals' offense. As Some a would receiving say. core as, yeah. as a whole. Um, so I think if he can continue the playmaking that he had from the beginning of the season over to Minnesota, they'll be successful and could probably make a playoff push in a weak NFC conference. Um, do we know how long Jettis is out? Uh, it should be. I think he's got what two? Weeks I think. Left? I think this is his second week on IR. Yeah. Um, so it'll be two more weeks. I, th- I believe. Because personally, like Dobbs is great. I just pulled up. He's been on six different teams in the past two years. Yeah, correct. Correct. Backup. Yeah. Everywhere. It's because he's a rocket scientist. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. I I think that he's like he'll be good enough to for them to win a couple games. I just think that the Vikings season depends on when Justin Jefferson gets healthy and when, like, does he come back full strength right away? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, uh, that's a great point. If Jettis doesn't come back when he's supposed to, and then not only that, but when he does come back, he's not full health and he's not Jay Jettis, um, it's not great for that offense. Although Jordan Addison has stepped in and been a fantastic Big player, time. Jordan Addison <laughs> is not Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson is one of one. He is arguably the best player in the entire NFL. So if he can come back and he can be healthy and he can live up to the Justin Jefferson standards, uh, this team can sneak into the wild card. Um, I think they're 500 right now, um, sitting at 4-4 four and four in, you know, second in their division with an NFC that's kind of just middling yeah. just you've got you've got your like four to five top teams and then everybody else is really 500 yeah, they, i mean they have like according to record the two best teams in the nfl the niners and the well no not even the niners anymore no they it's lost, was three straight yeah they've lost three straight which the you eagles, know i've talked about that the eagles and the lions being up there with their record but you know i've said it before there's really no standout teams yeah, in the NFL this year, they're all competing at a pretty around the the same level. Pretty We've seen much. every team play a bad game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, moving on to our last two trades here, um, Buffalo and Green Bay had a trade. Buffalo got Rasul Douglas uh, for a third round pick. Rasul Douglas wow. was the second corner in Green Bay. Um, Buffalo looking to you know add to that secondary. Uh, we've seen them have their holes, and then they'll really need them this week when they have Sunday night football game against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so, you know, with a team like Buffalo who's looking to make a push and finally get to that Super Bowl they've been pushing for for the past four seasons, uh, they saw some some help needed in the secondary, and they got Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Is, uh, is Trey White out for the season again? No, no, no. I know I'm, he missed some games, but I don't, that's I don't what think I was he's out for the too. year. I remember him getting a pretty bad injury a few weeks ago. I hope he's not out for the year. I don't know the status of Tredavious White. But, you know, being that, you know, your main cornerback is injured or was injured, I don't know if he's coming back this week or not, picking up a a cornerback like Rasul Douglas who can hang with the best of them is a great pickup, especially for a third-round pick. And then my favorite trade and the last trade uh, of the weekend, or of today, it's not the weekend at all, it's Tuesday, Um, the Detroit Lions. My Detroit Lions made a move uh, that I think is overlooked and underrated. Donovan Peoples-Jones got moved to Detroit. Wait, what'd you say? Trey Trey White's out for the year. He's out for the year? Right, Achilles tendon. Jeez. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones goes from Cleveland to Detroit. They add another wide receiver to that room. We saw Jameson Williams have some, you know, dropping issues last night in the Monday Night Football game. Uh, Josh Reynolds... While he's a very good player, it's not like he's a dependable wide receiver too. Um, then you have like guys like Khalif Raymond, who's you know five kick return specialist, five eleven, four three speed, but it's not like he's a wide receiver extraordinaire. Yeah. Don't forget about Craig Reynolds; he can catch the ball now. Craig Craig Reynolds is a good running back. Jameer Gibbs, basically a wide receiver out the backfield yeah. at points. Um, but they add another guy who just makes sense for that team. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is a very consistent player. Uh, he was being underutilized in Cleveland because they brought in Elijah Moore in the offseason, and he's been more of what they've been looking for. Um, so Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore in Cleveland, Donovan Peoples-Jones was kind of the odd man out. So I think 
that the Detroit Lions decided to be the one to make their move. Uh, got another wide receiver in the room for Jared Goff in that offense. Yeah, I mean, can't argue with that. Getting a player like him for little, always a good thing. Uh, another weapon for Goff. I do think he plays a pretty similar role to Josh Reynolds, but I think he's maybe like a step better, right? Yeah. So like he's going to maybe not fumble that ball <laughs> last night. Pretty similar player, in my opinion, but again, I do think um, Peoples-Jones has the edge over him. Um, But yeah, just adding depth even is still such a good thing in the NFL nowadays with all these injuries. Especially when you're a Super Bowl contending team like the Detroit Lions. Oh, what a sentence. When you want to play in January, you got to have depth. There it is. Put it on a shirt. (laughs) That and and if you want to play in January, a... I agree. Kick return specialist being your wide receiver three is never great. True. Correct. Very true. Uh, the Saints had that problem when Deontay Hardy was our mm-hmm. wide receiver three. Um, however, Rashid Shahid, our wide receiver three now, better wide receiver than I think uh, Khalif Raymond is. Yeah. Um, so moving on from the NFL, let's go into college. Let's talk about the team we're all repping. I know Rebo's chomping at the bit to get to talk about the LSU Tigers Ooh, right now. Got another so Rebo, why don't you just... Why don't you just start us off and tell us what you want to tell us about this LSU Fighting Tigers football team? We got some terrible news uh, yesterday out of Brian Kelly. Uh, Makai Wingo just had surgery. Does not say of what kind, but he'll be out, out at least six weeks, which means unless we're in the playoff, he's probably not going to play in for LSU ever again. Wow. That is a heartbreaker for sure. Definitely. Uh, I mean, he's number 18. It's We know what number 18 means in the LSU football program. That's your leader. That's your guy. Um, and then he, he can't play. And not only was he a leader in the locker room, but he was a leader on the field as well. Very, very good football player. Very sad to see him not be able to play. Um, like you said, if somehow we make the playoffs, he may make his return. But other than that, uh, he's on the outside looking in. And then Zai Alexander's also not available this week. With an injury and uh, Denver Harris and Deuce Chestnut, both unavailable for other reasons. Yeah, not specified. Um, your three best corners missing the game against Alabama is not always game a good of the look. year. Not always a good look. Uh, college game day will be in Tuscaloosa for the six thirty kickoff between the LSU Fighting Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Should be a very very fun matchup. Two top fifteen teams. Uh, college football playoff rankings, the first edition, came out tonight, right before we started this. LSU's ranked number 14. Um, so we'll see where you know where that can lead us. Um, I mean, every year, it's LSU versus Alabama in a ranked matchup, first weekend of November, and everyone knows it's going to be a good game. It happens every single season, and this year is absolutely no different. Um, I think you know the biggest thing to watch for this game, I said it last week, but you know we'll talk more in depth about it this time is that um, Rebo's hat is not staying up. I think that's very important to note. Um, but no, seriously, I think it's I think it's the fact that LSU has the best offense nationally, I would say. Yeah. Um, at least top three. Yeah. Um, I would argue have, number one. but don't have a, you know, any, any Heisman expectancies, apparently. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. We'll I don't, prove them. Yeah. Uh, but we have arguably the best offense in the nation. Um, definitely the best in the SEC. And then Alabama probably has the best defense in the SEC. They've been playing really, really well. Um, they they had their you know low spots in the beginning of the season playing teams like Texas, but you know they hold, held Ole Miss to like twenty four points, which is a team who scored fifty five on LSU. Um, so hey, Auburn held them to twenty seven. Wait, what? Auburn. Auburn held Ole Miss to twenty seven. It was twenty seven twenty. Hmm. But so. We know Alabama's defense is very good. We know Alabama's defense is reliable, and we know they're going to bring the energy against LSU. Um, so, you know, you have strong on strong, um, which is always a fun thing to watch is, is you know, who's going to come out on top? Mm-hmm. Is it the high-powered electric offense who, you know, can throw the ball, run the ball, run the ball with the thrower? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna find a way to move the ball. I love um, that. Versus run the a ball defense. with the thrower. Hey, I, I came with that one on the spot. But is it the offense that's going to take the lead, or is it that defense who 
has a top 10 NFL prospect in Kool-Aid McKinstry at corner. And then a stacked D-line. Uh, who's going to come out on top in that matchup is, is something I'm really, really interested to see. Yeah, Something uh, I believe is going to be something we've been used to seeing between LSU and Bama and that being another clash of the Titans. Got to load a truck. All right, got to do what you got to do. Sometimes that's loading a truck. Hope you can uh, come back and meet us again, Sound Man, when we get to the bets. Always a good better out of Sound Man. Yeah, he won again. We'll get to that later, though. <coughs> Rebo, what's what's your thoughts on this matchup, man? I don't know. It's just Bama's offense is just the go ball only. And like that's the only thing Jalen Milrow can throw accurately for some reason. And also, he's a scrambler. We saw... Uh, Crap. What's the backup for uh, we Robbie Ashford? Crap. We saw Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford. We saw Robbie Ashford come in for Auburn and give them a little spark with using his legs. So, kind of worried about that. But also, we've seen uh, last year in the same matchup with Bama, Bryce Young also uses his legs a lot. Harold Perkins was spying him every play. And so, I'm interested to see if we... If... Harold's position, I guess. His role. His role has changed in since last week, I mean, two weeks ago, where we thought that he was more consistent as a nickel-slash-dime overhang. Um, and then a pass rush specialist on third downs. I don't know if we'll see that again or we'll see more of a spy role being they are... Uh, predominantly go ball, rush the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Jalen Milrow is go ball or nothing. Um, he really struggles with the thing that I think Jaden Daniels got the best at this season, which is targeting wide receivers in between the numbers. Um, Jaden, like, to be honest, Jaden was not good at that last year. No, nope. He improved as the year went on. But this year, we're seeing him specifically attack the middle of the field, which is where you win when you have guys like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. You win in between the numbers, and you win deep down the field. And that was always the question with Jaden Daniels is, can he push the ball? Um, and he's been really good at that this year. Um, so, you know, while the quarterbacks do have some similarities in the fact that they do love the deep threat and they both can run, uh, I think Jaden's definitely got the matchup. Uh, He's got it. He's got it in his hands when it comes to which quarterback is better, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels has been playing great, outstanding. Um, but uh, like Reese said, it's it's really important to see. You know, how is this defense going to utilize uh, its personnel to match up with Alabama? Uh, something Brian Kelly said yesterday. We watched this press conference. Is that Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, is really good at taking the personnel that he has and making the offense fit it. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if Matt House can do the same with the LSU defense. Can we take who we have with Harold Perkins being one of the best athletes, not just players, but athletes um, on defense? Um, you know, you have Whit Weeks, who's a freshman that Reese and I both, you know, have grown fond of. Um, and he's he's a young player who's absolutely fantastic. You're losing Makai Wingo, so who comes in there to, you know, really stop the run, which we know Makai Wingo was great at? And then how do you utilize the secondary that we're missing our top three corners? Um, you know, does Andre Sam take a step forward um, as we've seen him do? You know, he had two picks against Army. Uh, Sage Ryan has been playing a lot of nickel. Um, does he stay in that spot? And if he does, can he contain, you know, very fast wide receivers in Alabama? Um, so it, it'll it'll be an interesting matchup to say the least. Um, I would like to say that I have LSU with the edge, but you never know. Right now, Alabama is, you know, minus three on the spread. So it, they definitely expect it to be a close game. Vegas does, which obviously Vegas knows better than us. Vegas is rarely wrong. Um, so it's expected to be a close matchup. Um, I'm expecting it to be a close matchup. LSU has not scored less than 34 points over the past five weeks, but Alabama has not allowed more than 21. So we'll see which one of those gives yeah. way. Um, and over the last four, um, LSU is averaging uh, roughly 56 points. So it's it's been a really, really good time to watch this LSU offense. I'm really excited to watch them play a really good defense and see how they match up. Um, so 
I'm very excited for this game on Saturday night, to say the least. I think it's going to be another classic, just like it was last year. Oh, Win to overtime. Such a good Jaden Daniels runs for that 25-yard touchdown. Um, and then we go for two to, you know, it was either kick the field goal to tie it up or go for two to win it all. And, you know, our, our freshman tight end at the time, Mason Taylor, came through. I mean, um, and I think that's my my opinion on this game is that's what it's going to come down to this game, too, is somebody who doesn't normally take that step is going to take that step, whether it's Logan Diggs out of the backfield, Caleb Jackson uh, on a kick return, like somebody who doesn't over the kicker. Yeah, like somebody who doesn't normally stand out is going to have one big play in your in this game where you're like that guy won us the game it could obviously be brian thomas or malik neighbors or Jaden, who's you know been so consistent and so great for us all season but again against alabama we always see somebody step up um and I, i'm curious to see who that's going to be this year yeah i mean um last year throwing it back i personally was a big fan of brian kelly coming in tommy was not Bryce was not. Tommy Tommy plays baseball. Tommy's Tommy's worried <laughs> about hitting tanks. Tommy's worried about hitting tanks. Um, but I believe when when that Bama game ended, me and Redfish were on the same page. When what page was that? When we scored that touchdown and Brian Kelly whipped out his nuts <laughs> and handed them on a platter to Saban and said, I'm going for two, I'm going for the win. That's when I thought he belongs here. Yeah. Um, if if only, you know, we would have done that against Florida State. We probably would have made the playoffs last year, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, anyway. But anyways, I digress. I think uh, it'll be a very similar game to last year. Um, that being a close game, down to the wire, like you said, somebody's going to step up, don't know who it could be. I know who it could be. It'll be Brian Thomas, BT oh, Cruiser. B T Cruiser. Give me, give me two hundred and twenty yards out of the fella. <laughs> two twenty, huh? Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Hello, mark it. Rebo, what you got? Don't for bet us? it, but mark it. Don't bet it, but mark it. Rebo, who's who's gonna stand out and who's gonna win? Um, so Makai Wingo being out is heartbreaking, but we've seen a revolving door of interior defensive linemen this year, and Brian Kelly in his press conference pointed out that familiar name, not a familiar player, but Jordan Jefferson has been valid and cursed. Has been elite. Like his efficiency uh, in the snaps that he's gotten and that he's got, whatever. But either or, <laughs> we know English isn't your strong suit. It's no. okay. Oh yeah, we know. Um, but in those snaps, though limited, he's looked great. I really think that he'll be he'll step up in a big way defensively, but offensively I feel like it's more of an O-line challenge. We've seen very strange things out of uh the offensive line in, in pressure situations like we saw in the last play of the game against uh Ole Miss where they rushed one and somehow got pressure. But I do think <laughs> but I do think that if the offensive line can step up, give Jaden time to go through those progressions that we've come to learn that he knows how to go through now, um, this offense can still be just as potent as ever. And we just may see the 250 yards from BT Cruiser and things like that. Boy, we have fun on here, huh? You're having a blast over there. <laughs> what an how, idiot. How about we get some score predictions? Score predictions. Here we go. Rebo, do you want to lead it this time? That way I don't steal your... Thunder. Oh no, I don't have one. You can't steal it. Okay. Um. Whatever, dude. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll start us off. Uh, I'm gonna go. Desperado. Forty-one thirty-five LSU. Forty-one thirty-five. Simple as that. Yeah. Forty-one. Um. <laughs> it's roughly, you know, about what we've been scoring all season. Um. I, I definitely think Alabama's defense is better than the past three we've played, where we've scored forty-eight, forty-nine, and sixty-two. Um, however, this offense is proven it's a force to be reckoned with. So you can't take it for granted. You can't take it lightly. I think we'll catch them slipping a couple times. Um, this offense has been now. I know people get freaked out about the 2019 offense when you start talking about people comparing them to them. But this offense has been roughly as good. Yeah. Um, I know we hate to see it because it's not Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all the names. Yeah. But scoring-wise and yardage-wise, this this offense has done things that they didn't 
in 2019. Um, and we scored exactly 41 points against them in 2019, I believe. Uh, it, no, 46. It was 46-41 at the end of that game. So I'm going to go 41-35. LSU Tigers take home the win um, with Jaden Daniels securing the number one spot in the Heisman. Oh, I love it. I love the chutzpah. Um, you want to go? You want me to go? It doesn't matter to me. All right, I'll go. Um, when I'm when I'm looking at this game, I know it's going to be a battle on both sides of the ball. You got strong on strong and weak on weak. I think our strong is stronger than their strong. It's a lot of strong, and I think our weak is stronger than their strong. See that So I'm going to go with one of my favorite tigers at the moment. I'll go with his initials, and that's W W E. Whit Weeks. Oh. What? <laughs> W-W-E. <laughs> Let's say we, get, we catch a dub on offense. We catch a dub on defense. Catch Bama slipping. LSU Tigers win 35-21. Ooh, 14 points, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm here for it. Rebus. So, as much as I would love to see Whit Weeks on the field, Brian Kelly is in love with Omar Spates. He does adore Omar Spates. And I'm not really sure. Like, I'm sure he's a great communicator, great leader on on defense. But he just doesn't make plays like Whit Weeks. No. No um, one can tackle like Whit Weeks. Nobody can. Such a form tackle. Nobody can put their head on the football like Whit Weeks. Just high IQ, high fine motor. Ball. Grit. Yeah, a lot of grit out of that guy. First one ball, fine ball. kind of guy. Um, but that was just my counter argument to you. But, uh, oh, <laughs> cool. I'm going 34-31. See somewhere in the middle ground, LSU scoring uh, 56 on average in the past six weeks or whatever it was, and Ole Miss holding, I mean, Alabama holding a lot of people uh, to lower scores. But I feel like LSU can overcome offensively, that's for sure. And But I do think it's going to be three-ish point game LSU wins 34-31. There we go. Three Tiger Ws in one podcast. It would be sacrilege if we did it. Yeah, that's true. If you, I mean, I don't know how much more we could possibly hate Bama than we already do. Um, So, let's go home. I'll tell you how. Let's let's go to Tuscaloosa and let's let's show them up in their own house, huh? Yeah. Brian Kelly's first game in Bryant-Denny. Let's make it Brian Kelly Stadium, huh? Ooh. Huh? Ooh. What do you say? Ooh. What do you say? Um, yeah, really excited for this LSU game. I'm going to be watching every single second of it. Um, I'm working. That sucks. Actually, no. I'm working days, so I'll be off. There you go. Uh, let's move on to a team that Reese and I got to see live just a couple days ago. The New Orleans Pelicans. What? what? <laughs> the most <laughs> unenthusiastic. I mean, um, I guess you kind of... Yeah, took a you can't big really loss be last too night. enthusiastic after Steph does that to you. Uh, Steph hey. Curry, I you know I don't know the exact number of points he dropped. It was probably like thirty something. I thought he dropped seventy the way he was playing. Yeah, but overall we're two and one. Started off two and zero. Oh. Um, we held a playoff Knicks team to eighty seven points when we were in the blender. Um, Zion had him in a blender. I'll tell you that much. Um, Steph had forty two. Steph had 42. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, it, it looked more like 81. Still, shout I, out, Kobe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, besides last night, Pelicans have looked good. I mean, their defense has been what's been surprising me. We knew this offense was going to be good because it has B.I. and Zion and C.J. Um, but their defense has been great. Herb's been leading the unit out there and been playing really well. Um, Matt Ryan, coming off the bench, has been a better defender than I thought he would be. Dyson Daniels, although he couldn't score the ball if he was the only one on the court, has been a great defender. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited what I'm seeing on this Pelicans team. Although we take a big loss last night, you got to wash over it. I mean, it's an 82-game season. You can't hang your head over one loss. You're still 2-1. and one. You're in a division that's very winnable when you have... Super winnable. Uh, the Mavericks, who are very inconsistent. You have a very young Rockets team who we, we don't know what they are. We have a very young Spurs team. Same thing. Don't know who they are. Um, so and a Grizz team that's a Grizz team who's without their best player for twenty five games, Stephen Adams. So Stephen Adams for the year, and we already beat them this season. Uh, opened the game against them and ended up yep. winning. So I'm very excited about this Pelicans team. I know a lot of people are hanging their hat la- uh, after last night, but two and one, 
B.I. was hurt, so you can't put too much into it. I think he changes a lot of things. Yep. Um, Kaiser Gates was getting minutes, if that tells you anything. Um, so B.I. healthy, Zion healthy, C.J. healthy. Um, once we get Trey, Jose back, like, hey, that's one more. Najee. Um, and Najee Marshall. Once you, once you get three of your top eight guys back into the rotation, yeah. I mean, what? there's What's nothing to complain you? about. I think, I think we're going to be a very, very good team. And, you know... Come March, come April, um, I think we're I think we're looking at fifty wins as a realistic possibility for this oh, yeah. Pelican yeah. squad. We've seen my biggest takeaway from the game that we saw live against the Knicks is Herb Jones has finally got the refs respect. He can stand in the paint, put both hands up and still get a charge call. And you know the refs will only do that if they know that you're a good defender. There's not a lot of guys who will get that call. Um LeBron. And yeah, like there's not a lot of guys. LeBron's not taking a charge. Stop it. Well, yeah, yeah. He, not anymore. Draymond Green. Draymond Green gets that call. Yes. Giannis gets that call. Herb now is one of those guys who gets that call. Because Ivinka I think it's Zubach. And the thing. Oh not getting that call. He's getting that call. Um, I think people around the league know it too. Like I think other players recognize, hey, let's not try to attack Herb Jones one-on-one ISO because it's simply not going to work. You um, got locked by Herb. Yeah, it puts him in a jail cell. So, very excited about this Pelicans team. Defense has been great. Um, shout out Herb. Can't overlook him. JV has been shooting threes. Um, you know, he went two for four one night. So, <laughs> let's keep putting him up, JV. Yeah, I, you know, I like um, the aggressiveness. I like the shot selection. Because they were good shots he was taking. It wasn't like it was the last second just throw it up. Yeah. He was open. It was a good look. Uh, sometimes they just don't fall. You know, it happens to the best of them. Unless you're Steph Curry. And one guy we... Oh, continue. Continue. Please, please. Dylan, please. Watching the game last night, um, I don't necessarily think that we looked bad, but it was more about Steph is going to Steph. Yeah, like some would say. Andrew Wiggins, we held him to basically nothing. He had zero points through like three quarters of the game almost. I don't think he scored his first basket until late in the third. Uh, who is, we know is a big part of that offense, big score. Especially when they were missing Clay. Correct. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is the number two scorer. And, you know, they didn't need him when Steph is making everything. So but, uh, one of the things that impressed me the most about this young Pels team is the way they were able to move the ball around and not look like a one-dimensional team. You know, they were able to, to try a few things, didn't work, kicked it out, kept things going offense was moving the ball around quite well uh getting some good looks at some players who you know you usually don't and that leads to some baskets right because they're not expecting you to kick out to dyson daniels who will miss a three guaranteed hey he made one last night i watched it it was was nice nice. (laughs) i saw it leave his hands i was like oh that's going you can't see under these sunglasses but i just rolled my eyes so hard um but all of that is thanks to James Borrego. I think that he's doing great things for uh, our offense. Um, I pointed out to Redfish as we were leaving the game, last year you saw, especially the Grizzlies game where B.I. got hurt, you saw an ISO from Zion where the other four players are on the other side of the court. And so that leaves four players standing next to each other. So three guys can guard those easy, and somebody can come help on Zion. Um but in the Knicks game, we saw CJ bring the ball up, hand the ball to Zion, go to the same corner Zion was nearest to while we still had three guys over there. And they were all pretty spread out, so that way nobody can help. And that's when we saw some of the most effective Zion runs. Um, like an night, ISO with a trailer, basically. Yeah. Point Zion. Last night, I wouldn't say that the defense wasn't great. Like, like uh... Byron and Bryce said, Steph is going to Steph. Who? Mustang and Redfish said, Who? Steph Who? is going to Steph. No, I'm not saying it. <laughs> um, Steph is going to Steph, yes. Steph Continue. is going to Steph. And, but the, the biggest, the weakest point from the defensive possessions is not being able to box out to get the defensive rebounds. I really feel like Golden State had way too many offensive rebounds uh, on things that, like on easy balls to take back. That was weird. That um, was noises. I mean, Listen, when you got Kevon Looney on the other team, he's going to get his boards. Yeah, I know, but he wasn't the one that was burning us. It was the rookie out of Indiana. I still don't know his full name. 
Oh yeah, uh, Jerome Robinson Davis, I believe, something like that. Something like that. Jackson, Jackson Davis. Davis. Yes. Yeah. Good poll, might be by the way. James Earl Jones. James Earl, <laughs> not James Earl Jones. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Reese is in love with James Borrego, and for good reason. We were very excited when we brought him in, and it's you know it's working out pretty well. Yeah, looks good. Um, he he's he's done some really good things for this offense. Uh, I think we're moving the ball well. We understand how to play together, and for me, my favorite thing is seeing the Hawk uh, chuck up some shots, whether they go in or not. Having a rookie have the confidence to keep shooting like that, eventually they're going to start to fall, and it's going to be really impressive when they do. And last um, night when he started for BI, he had some great mid-range yeah. pull-up actions, and yeah. so I think that we can build on that. As we well. talked about that. Is you know in this case with BI missing, who who did we think would get the start and why? And it ended up being Hawk, and I thought it was a really great move because if anybody on the bench can mimic what BI does from a spacing perspective. Um, from a you know dribble drive and playmaking ability, I think Jordan Hawkins is the guy to do it. So I was I was really excited to see the rookie get some time this early in the season uh, to put some confidence in a shot. Any other thoughts about the Pels moving forward, Rebo Hustle? I'm just upset that we're not on the 82 and 0 train anymore. But that's yeah, fine. We 81 can, and one coming in. We can win every game that our big three plays. That's what I'm going for. Okay. Flock around. I, I flock around and find out. Indeed. Um, you know, we, we got to get moving on these, uh, this, this betting here. Yeah. We get caught up. We get, we, we, we just love our teams, man. Yeah. And I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, talked so, about LSU on a bye week for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, R and B and B betting R and B and B. Um, you know, last week we, none of us had particularly great showings. You guys ended up better than me. I think you both went two and two. I went one and three, two, four, two. No, two and two. Two and two. That's two, yeah. four, two would mean you win 100%. That was, Reese had me messed up when he yeah, said he that did. earlier. You're welcome. It's Reese's fault. Uh, English. It always is. So um, I went one and three. You went two and two. So you two get to share the Intercontinental Championship. Um, very sad that it's my belt and I don't get to have it. But anyway, um, okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, we're going to go We're gonna go straight into what we're doing this week. I followed my same rhythm that I like to do because it spreads me out. Two college, two NFL. Uh, in college, I went with two favorites. NFL, I went with two underdogs. So my two favorites in college are Ole Miss over Texas A&M at minus three. Um, I felt like that was free money. Uh, don't understand that one. Ole Miss has been playing great this season. Uh, A&M has been staying in games and then losing them late. And if there's anything that Ole Miss is going to do, it's going to win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I'll take them at minus three. And then my second college bet is Texas, minus four and a half over Kansas State. Kansas State came out and absolutely destroyed their opponent. Rebo cannot stop laughing. Um, It's not that. Okay. Uh, What is so funny? I've I've been in the same games, but one of them the other side. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Uh, We can fight about it. Uh, Texas minus four and a half. Kansas State. Kansas State had an absolutely fantastic week last week, uh, so there's no overshadowing that. Um, However... Texas, there's a reason they're a good football team, and uh, I'll go ahead and go with them. Uh, minus four and a half. Moving on to the NFL, uh, Miami Dolphins versus Kansas City Chiefs in Germany. I've got the Dolphins covering the spread at plus two and a half. Agree. Thank you. Uh, Reese probably took the Chiefs minus two and a half, if I had to guess, because yes. he hates the Dolphins. Um, but we saw the Chiefs' offense get exposed this week in Denver, which is crazy to me. We know the teams that were. Blue and green combos winning Europe, aka the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, all right. I was, I was trying to follow that. The Miami Dolphins. I was trying to follow that. The light blue, teal, yeah, similar. Yeah. No color of this glove. Here no big go. deal. Win, um, win in Europe. Here we go. Win in, win in Europe. Indeed. Uh, Miami Dolphins plus two and a half against the Chiefs. Chiefs got exposed. I think we've seen their weaknesses. And if there's anybody hot enough to beat them, it's the Miami Dolphins. And then finally, I've got. My two two of my favorite non Saints Lions teams in the NFL, two teams who I think are really fun to watch, two teams who I talked about a lot in the offseason coming up to this season, Baltimore Ravens, Seattle Seahawks. I think it's gonna be probably my favorite, arguably the best game in that middle of the day uh slot when we've got, you know, the Dolphins and the Chiefs in the morning, Bills Bengals at night. I'll take the Ravens versus Seahawks in that middle day slot to be a fantastic matchup. Uh Seahawks are at plus five and a half. While I love the Ravens, um, 
Five and a half is a lot of points against an offense that has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker. Um, so I'll take the Seahawks to cover five and a half on that one. And that is my four-leg parlay. That adds up to odds at plus 1230. Running back again, just quickly. Seahawks five and a half um, against the Ravens. Dolphins plus two and a half against the Chiefs. Texas minus four and a half at Kansas State. And then Ole Miss minus three, Texas A&M. Okay. Two and two. Two NFL, two college. Yep. Correct. I did the same. All right. Give I it to us, Rebus. I've also got Ole Miss minus three. There you do. I've got Kansas State plus four. Four of course and a half. You do. One of us one of us is gonna hit one of them, that's for sure. This is true. Then I've got the other side of the Chiefs Dolphins matchup. Chiefs minus two and a half. And I've got the Washington just Commanders. Disagree with you completely. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. he just hates me. Then we've got the Washington no Commanders. Hot team. At New England. Bad team. Plus three and a half. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Wait, plus I had to click. I had to click. Plus it. three and a half. Plus well, three and a half. You know, they trade away Montez Sweat. They trade away Chase Young. They, But then you look at what Sam Howell did last the week. And he had like 48 fantasy rolling. points yeah, uh, on bench, Byron's yeah. bench. So Correct. I mean, it wouldn't have helped me beat Paul because the Saints <laughs> catch a lot of passes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Especially to Taysom Hill. Um, but yeah, Rebus, run run through that in the odds one more time. Um, Ole Miss minus three, love it. Obviously, Kansas State plus four and a half, stupid bet. Kansas City minus two and a half, even worse bet. bet. Yeah. And the Washington Commanders plus three and a half. You can get all those together for twelve oh two. The last one's a great bet. Yeah, the last one's not bad. I'll do not it. bad at all. Um, <clears throat> so twelve oh two. Well, my thing is, if I have two that are opposite of Redfish, I'm doing pretty good. Why? Because I suck? Because you haven't been very great lately. I didn't answer my question. That's 100% true. You've got a point. What was your question? I said, did you say 1202? 1202. Okay. Pretty good. Um, Real quick, before um, I continue with my bets, I would like to announce a late entry. Um, Me, along with Rebo Hustle cannot accept this belt um, mm, here we there's go. a man more deserving of it. Here we go. Mm. Sound Man went four for four mm-hmm. on two separate two-leg bets, mm-hmm. which were... But um, the, the belt kind of doesn't Titans leave the house. Titans and the over uh, against the Falcons, yes, I believe. correct. That was the first one, Titans and the over. The second one, he kind of spur the moment. Yeah, didn't even tell us he was doing it. Yeah. Uh, took the Chargers, minus nine and a half, and under 46, which... They, hit, they scored 43 points. You know, game. to have an under combined with such a large spread is a risky bet, to say the least. Correct. Um, but it ended up hitting, so good yeah. Good for Sound Man. So so this this belongs to him for the week. Too bad it doesn't leave the house. He can't get it. Yeah, he's not getting it because he'll never drive up here to see us anyway. All right, continue your... He, he actually drove up not that long ago but didn't step foot in the house. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. What continue your parlay. Okay, um, so... I have been betting straight NFL, four-leg spreads slash money lines, mostly spreads. Um, And I was extremely successful a few weeks in a row and then hit a brick wall. Went 0 for 4. Last week went 2 for 4. So a a normal person would probably change up a little bit. Right. But am I normal? No. Far from it. You know, they always say you're one bet away from winning big. Well, They're wrong if you're me. Uh, well, I, I, I did change. Mm-hmm. I went four college games this week. Okay. Ooh. Oh, here we go. I like that. There's so, no way he doesn't have Ole Miss. So, y'all were talking about A&M Ole Miss. Here mm-hmm. we go. Y'all both bet Ole Miss spread, right? Yep. I got A&M's money line. Oh, he's going money line. Not only did he think A&M can cover three. He, he's like, no, they're winning the game. They're winning this game because okay. Ole Miss is losing this game, going to two losses, and LSU's going to be back in playoff contention. Well, here's the thing. If LSU beats Bama this weekend, they're number one in the SEC West exactly. and control their own destiny. Move up the so. rankings. You know, uh, Oklahoma lost. Oregon State lost. Oregon State's now a two-loss team. You never know what can happen. USC's things are, things are out being of it. shaken up. USC's out of it. Notre least. Dame's a two-loss team. And I think yeah. I think A and M comes through. They looked 
you know, they've kind of looked shaky all season, but it looks like they're starting to get it together. Ole Miss kind of took a big step back, barely beating Auburn, only by seven. I'd like to see the Aggies pull through. You won't hear me say that often. Yeah, I kind of hate that you said that. I'm kind of mad at you right now. Kind of mad at myself. You should be. Continue. Next, I have Texas, minus four and a half. Yeah, you do. Against Kansas State. One of us is going to look either really smart or really dumb, while the other two look the opposite. Then, the granddaddy of them all. (laughs) Granddaddy of them all. Georgia and Missouri. Georgia is opening up as a 15 and a half point favorite. You know they play down to Missouri. Mizzou spread. Here we go. A lot of points. I like that. They play down to Missouri every year. I don't know why, but they do. Brady Cook's going to cook that defense. And then how can I not? Right. Like, look at the way we're dressed. Uh Uh-huh. Feel the sensation in Baton Rouge. Uh Uh-huh. LSU's money line. Money line. To cap off this bet. What a bet. He just spit on that three points. I don't even need points. Don't need them. Spit on them. Give me minus 14, I'll still take it. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. That's Um, crazy. But, yeah, so wrap it up. Four college games. A&M over Miss. Texas, minus four. Mizzou, plus 15. LSU over Bama, plus 1804. Here we go. 1804. That's a parlay if I've ever heard one. Um, but for your sake and the sake of the teams that I like, Simon I kind of hope it hits. I said Peyton wouldn't let him come in. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sam Andrews, drop your bets in the chat. I know you got them. Yeah, drop them in the chat or, or just text, text them in our group us, chat yeah. um, while we wrap this episode up with the Fantasy fo- 5, where we talk about Fantasy Football for 5 or, or less or more. Probably going to be less this time. Minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, fantasy Football, Rebo, Hustle, Fantasy and Fast and Furious 5, go. Here we go. Rebo, Hustle, and Redfish are co-owners of a team called Rhythm and Blues, and we are 6-2 and two after last night. Jared Goff and Sam Laporta had a great night for us. Very happy with what they did. Josh Jacobs has been very consistent. Did great for us uh, with Lions defense. So we had four people in that game last night. Very dependent on it. We were down 50 going in. Ended up winning by, I believe, 25 against a team that we know very well. The Yo-Yo Smugglers. The Yo-Yo Smugglers. Sound Man. <laughs> so we beat Sound Man in fantasy football. He drops to 4-4, four and four, I believe. Uh, we are 6-2. and two. I believe we are second in the league um, if you go by the rankings because of record and Perts. points scored. Uh, we may be third, uh, depending on who won. I don't remember. But uh, either way, looking very good for the Rhythm and Blues. Very happy with what we've done. Um, I mean, our wide receivers couldn't ask for much more out of them. Um, tight ends are Sam Laporta and George Kittle, so two top five tight ends. I mean, we're having a really good year. Very happy with what's going on. But those tight ends kind of have us in a pickle this, yeah, this week. Yeah, we we, we've got two bye weeks from our tight ends. Um, yeah. So that'll be an interesting situation. We'll see what happens there. Would you like to talk about the lettuce, or you um, just want to ignore it? Played a pretty tough opponent. We play each other this week. We do play each other this week. Okay, yeah. Good luck. Have fun. So he's going to be playing another tough opponent, some would say. Um, (laughs) I probably played one of the toughest opponents. Oh, yeah. Every week. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out Taysom Hill. Of of the league. I mean, you look at Paul's lineup. He's got Mahomes. He's got Eckler. He beat us. Kamara. Paul's one of Michael Thomas every week for some reason, even though Michael Pittman's on his bench outscoring him every week. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Taysom Hill. Kamara and, and Taysom Hill both had two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter what he does because he's 7-1. and one. I mean, a he's... powerhouse. Yeah, Paul Paul always has a terrible draft, and then somehow it works out. Laughable draft. Laughable and, drafts. And they and work every time. We're the ones who get laughed at. Hey, that's what happens when you're 86 and have nothing else to live for. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I love you. <laughs> Just fantasy football. Just fantasy football. Yeah. Um... You know, and cutting grass, and catching lawnmowers on fire, and moving <laughs> kayaks. Um, buying two thousand seven. My Lexus. team really didn't play, you know, all that bad, especially considering the devastation, the devastating injuries that I have acquired through the first few short weeks of the NFL season. The pillaging of his village. Correct. Um, so, you know, I always try and have a positive outlook on things. DeAndre Swift still scoring. Garrett Wilson still not. That was funny. <laughs> but um, I, my team last week was 
heavily relying on the Texans to put up some points against the Panthers, which what I thought would be an easy task. Don't Apparently remind not. me. Don't remind me. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I do think they could pull forward. I can't even see what that is. Is that Slenderman? That is Victor Wamanyama's That's Halloween good. costume. He is seven five. Yeah. So Slenderman Very is perfect. Man, yeah. Yeah. Good costume. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, gonna have a positive outlook on things. I'm gonna see this thing through till the end. Soundman's in his bet. Soundman did not send the bet to me. Not to me either. Yeah, I didn't get it yet. Uh, we'll announce it whenever it pops up. But um, other than Big Money League, <laughs> still all three. Guess who? One lost teams. <laughs> guess who in this house on this podcast is all seven and one. Oh, I got bet. All of us. And all right. Um, Soundman's bet. So I beat Reese. Mm-hmm. You beat me. Yep. Did y'all two play yet? I believe we played this coming week. Uh, yeah, I believe oh, this is our week. Up. Um, Someone's getting two losses. Yeah, and, and it's not going to be me. going to be Brad. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Believe that. Um, so before we close here, we do want to mention Soundman's bet. Of course, um, he likes what Reese likes, and that's the Commanders plus three and a half against the Patriots. Of course he does. Um, and he likes the over on that matchup at over 40 and a half. Um, yep, I like it too. So, you know, that's probably a pretty good bet. I mean, Sam Howell had a great week last week. I would assume Sam Howell can get that commander's offense to score at least 27-ish points. Uh, and then at that point, you only need the Patriots to score 14. You hit that over, you hit the spread, there you go. I will say, the only thing that you need out of... Like, if you take, if you want to bet any of these bets, there's a guarantee, bet Salmans. Just bet Salmans. Definitely. If you, um, he's, yeah. The rest of these bets are just competing for that belt over there. So if you want to make money, probably listen to Soundman. I would. I would agree. I think it's impossible for all of <laughs> us to go zero and four, though. You say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so never mind. Don't bet it because don't, it we don't like His it. Bet it's is a terrible awful. bet. Yeah. Terrible bet. Don't bet it. He said when we like it, it doesn't hit. So therefore, we hate it. Thank you, Soundman. We did hate his last week, and it, it, and hit. it hit. So that's very true. Um, boys, I would I would venture to say we uh, knocked this one out of the park. Here we go. You robbed a home run. We ate snacks out of fanny. We got a victory, Zinni. <laughs> we got back, some would say. We got our get back. Shout out, Rebus. Shout out, the get back coach. Shout out, Dylan Cruz. Shout out, Tommy Tanks. Boys, it was a fun time. Blast. As always, you can go back and listen to us on Spotify. Uh, if you want to re-listen, you can re-watch on YouTube. They're all in the live folder. Um, so there's two different ways for you to listen, two different ways for you to catch up. You can always watch all of the old episodes on either platform. Uh, so make sure to do that. Make sure to follow us off the underscore dome pod on the X. Uh, and then, of course, be in the know, K-N-E-A-U-X, the only way to spell it, uh, on X as well. Um, fun stuff happening over there. Um, I mean, it's 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 just a good time to be a Louisiana sports fan, and we're we're loving it. We're loving talking about it, and we're loving watching the games week in and week out. Um, and we love everybody who decides to tune in to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast. I am Tommy Tanks slash Redfish. <laughs> I am Dylan Cruz tonight. Any other night, I am Mustang. I am Clown Car. I am Get Back Coach, and I am Rebo Hustle. And all three of them suck. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Off the Dome Sports (laughs) Podcast, and we will see you next time.